All right, welcome back to the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Today is episode seven. Back with us again, uh, Jeff Heinrich. Uh, first episode was incredible. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of good stories to tell. And uh, we're back today with another episode. I know the people wanted it. We made it happen quick. So welcome back, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> what up? What up? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. How you doing? Good. How are you, brother? Living. Yeah. Living. Amen. Amen. What you drinking tonight? Uh, just a little natty light. Uh you know, switched it up from the old bush light. Don't tell him. I sent him an email trying to get him to be a sponsor, but probably won't hear back, being honest. Got to start somewhere. Shoot or right. shoot, you know? So Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. You bet, brother. So uh, last time we kind of left off, uh, we had met Jeff, for those who hadn't met Jeff, and little intro to my life, and Jeff had some more questions to ask me. So I figured that's where we just pick her up and we just start talking like we usually do. See what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, before we like really dive in, I got like, I have a question. Sure. Um, it's not necessarily related to your life or anything. Although kind of, yeah. Uh, quit any jobs lately. Not yet. Jeez, dude, uh, not yet. dude, <laughs> That story you told about quitting a job no. anytime someone would walk in the house or come home from college or whatever made me laugh so hard and got me thinking, like, first thing I wanted to ask you is, like, what was the worst or, like, best, most ridiculous excuse you ever told a boss when when you just called on a random Wednesday because <laughs> someone came home on Tuesday night? Yeah, no, uh, I think, honestly, like, I just... It's pretty shitty because I feel, I mean, now that I have that fully developed frontal lobe and I feel like I'm a good person, you know, back in the day, like, I just didn't care, dude. So I would just, I honestly would just like either, hey, I found another job, which sometimes is true, sometimes is a lie and be like, I'm, or, you know, just call out sick and then just not go back because people were right. home. I mean, there was no good excuses. Like, if you're listening to this and trying to quit your job, like just go in, do the old fashioned. Here's my two weeks. I don't want to work here anymore. Don't uh, don't no call no show. But I did plenty of that too. But eighteen, dude, <laughs> young and dumb, get a cooler full of Keystone Light, get the boys together. I mean, I was just living the dream, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So here's here's uh here's my worst excuse ever, and I didn't necessarily quit over this. Um, but again, I told, I told you like, we'd all, I had like four dudes living together after college. Yeah. Just like you irresponsible as you could possibly imagine thinking about anything to do in life other than work. And, you know, I gave an excuse of, you know, witnessed an accident, but my most ridiculous one that my friends think is the funniest thing they've ever heard is one day I said the garage door fell on my car. No, that's good though. And I need help lifting it off, which is the worst excuse ever. If a garage door falls on your car, there's going to be so much damage. And oh. all my boss had to do was walk into yeah. the parking lot and see that my car was unscathed. Jeff, let me see your car. Let me see where the garage door fell. <laughs> right. No, no thought at all about it. Just thinking. Hmm. And uh, I mean, depending on the garage door, they're not typically like necessarily heavy. 
So, like, you could have easily. Especially now, they're aluminum. Right, but you could have easily <laughs> pulled that garage door off your vehicle. 100%. <laughs> if I cared about work. Correct. Halo was more important, dude. Come Halo. on. I love it. Split screen Halo. Never got into that, if I'm being honest. I know it's going to be a shot Seriously? in the heart of a lot of people. I never got into Halo. It's just. Wow. Dude, if it wasn't like sports video games back in the day, it just wasn't for Ben. So what were the what were the video games that like you thrived on? Yeah, so up? the first one I remember was like NFL Game Day, not even Madden. It was like NFL Game Day '99 on the yep. old PS One. And the funny thing is, like looking back, I remember thinking how great those graphics were, and like showing my dad, and he would be like, "That looks like a real game," and I'm like, "I know, isn't that crazy?" <laughs> and now it's like those now are it looks worse than my yeah, eight year old's drawings for sure, dude. It's terrible claymation. Um, I just remember I would always trade for Ricky Waters and get him on the Vikings and dominate. I don't know why. That's the thing that sticks in my head. I just always trade for Ricky Waters and. The Vikes would be good, dude. Won a lot so of Super Bowls the- with the Vikings. Absolutely. Let's not. Let's just not. It's the only way we get get to see one, right, is in fantasy land. Yeah. Um, so what were, like, the games that, like, shaped you as a as a gamer? Because we play video games together For sure. almost every night. Yeah. So what were the games that, like, you, like, shaped you oh, growing boy. up? I think, you- yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably like Madden for sure. We used to play a lot of Madden uh, growing up. There was a lot of poorly put together like Madden tournaments at each other's houses. That was a big game. And then I think really like because the online gaming wasn't a thing till we were like junior seniors in high school. And then that was when COD came out. And so we are like the first time I had COD. And I think the first one was like World at War, and uh, that was junior year of high school. So that would have been a big one for me, and then the original Modern Warfare. And that was our senior year, and I think we set the record for snow days, dude, in 2010. And we would just play that game until our eyes bled. I mean, for hours on hours on end. So, I mean, those would definitely be the big two, like Madden, COD, GTA a little bit, MVP Baseball 2005. Played the college one a lot with your brother, the aluminum bats. We won a lot, dude, with the Gophers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun, Absolutely. fun times. But no, those would probably be the big ones, I guess. And those are kind of the games that I still play. I guess. Obviously, we play COD, Rocket League. Sometimes I want to be a cowboy, so I'll play some Red Dead Redemption. You know, just really get into it. Pretend fuck I'm it. Rip. You know, yeah. You know, fuck it. You know, fuck it. You know. Uh, <laughs> but, um. No, man, I think those would be the big ones. I mean, what about you? Probably like uh, Paperboy and Duck Hunt on the NES, huh? (laughs) Yep, definitely dating (laughs) myself here, right? Like, uh, grew up and the uh, original Nintendo came out, and that was the wildest thing of all time. Mario, Tetris, Duck Hunt, Metroid, Contra, right? Like, those those are what got me into it. And then, you know, growing up, like high school age, I, we didn't really play video games in high school. We were so into sports. Right. And I've asked my friends this now because I love them now, right? As I, I love video playing video games now is I was like, dude, I don't remember playing video games. And they're like, yeah, we just, we just didn't. And that's such a wild thing to me now because then yeah. when I got to college, we, 
we were hardcore into Mario Kart and Bond. Oh, like on the uh, N64, James Bond? Yeah. So we were just like split, you know, quad screen. Right, Four, you know, and there'd be twenty guys in the in the room just getting yeah. shit canned, having Mario Kart or Bond tournaments, and like Spawn killing people. I mean, it was it was the life. Right, like, it couldn't get any better than that. Yeah, and then NCAA football came out. Oh God, I forgot that, dude. I don't dude, know how I did. What a game! I almost, I almost failed out of college. I'm gonna tell you right now. They're talking about bringing the new one back in like 2023 something. Might quit a job. Might quit a job for that. I got a dynasty to build down at Hawaii. Absolutely, start winning some natties. I mean, it was the it was the coolest thing in the on the planet that you could do. And I don't know why that game appealed so much more than Madden did. Then still does franchises. Right. Yeah, but that's just so much more fun doing the recruiting and yeah, this is wild. Yeah, what yeah, a game. So almost failed out my senior year. Uh, my roommate. Did, sounds like. Got kicked out <laughs> yeah. for a semester. They told him to take a break. <laughs> hey, don't come back here for a minute, like, right? Hey, you know, maybe just take a break for a semester and get your priorities straight. <laughs> oh, that's good. But you know what? He came back. He got his degree, so good for him. Yeah. I somehow, like, skated through it. Um Probably because I was an athlete. <laughs> That's maybe the only reason because his GPA was better than mine. Um, yeah, dude, Madden and then, you know, Grand Theft Auto and, you know. Which one did you start with? Because, I mean, there's older ones yeah, that three. I never played. Three. three. So it wasn't the, yeah, like the, the overtop version. Have you ever seen no. that? Yeah, I saw that. I could not have imagined playing that. It was three wow. when you first were able to stab a prostitute with a screwdriver. Yeah, dude. What a time. Like, it was just like, (laughs) holy shit, you could do this in a video game? Like, as inappropriate as that is, right? But, like, it's like, oh, my God, you can just run around shooting people? Yeah. Like, (laughs) hijacking cars and, like, driving them off cliff. I mean, and then you wouldn't die and evade the police. That was was insane. Um, And then, yeah, graduated and, like, we got into Halo was that the first Xbox then, right about the time you graduated college? Was the first God, Xbox came out? Had to be. I'm not a historian, but uh, I mean, nobody had one in college. Everybody played PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, make it up. Yeah, PS2, sure. yep. huh? March 11, 2003. Yeah, that's when the first <laughs> Xbox came out. Yep. No, uh, yeah, so we were playing PS2, and, and I don't remember anybody having an Xbox in college. So... Yeah, and then Halo came out, and we were, we got hardcore into that. Um, and then I joined the military, and you know, fuck video games. Like we right. we didn't have time for it. Right. And I never got back into them. Honestly, like into them, into them. Jeez, probably to like three years ago. Really? That's a yeah. Gap. It's a massive gap. Welcome back. I mean, that's the thing. Well, I'm, I'm so like, like, go ahead, go that's ahead. What, that's what like is. <laughs> wild to me is I just like left the scene if you if you want to call it a scene right no it is a scene for sure um and come back and like my brother's like hey you want to you want to play golf one night I'm like uh yeah you're gonna have to tell me how to do that yeah I I mean he literally like had to step by step me through like joining a party right like friending requesting each other and i'm not an idiot 
I could have figured it out, but man, I like that just blows my. It still blows my mind. Well, I mean, blows my mind. We're doing this. I know. Right? I mean, if you think but, about it, we're across the country right now, and I'm looking at you. That's a thing that right. will always blow my mind. Yeah, you know, technology, dude. What a wild deal! It's insane. It is. I installed a light in my house yesterday, and my an outdoor light switch that turns on when the sun goes down and turns off when the sun comes up. Yeah. And I think it's the coolest thing of, on the planet. That is video pretty it, sweet. Sent it to my neighbor. I was like, check this shit out. <laughs> he was Sick light break. Mind blown. Yeah. No, that is pretty. That is pretty. We're a bunch of olds. Bunch of old Bunch heads. of olds. Yeah. Hey, so before we move on from the vids, because I was a small child and you were fully grown, um, how much was like the original Xbox? What do you think that went for price-wise? A couple yeah, hundred? I no. I think it was like 150, 100, You're 150. Kidding. No. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, we just went five five hundred on PS five. Yeah. Some people are yeah. paying a ton more, but yeah, go. Right. <clears throat> like anything over a hundred just seemed like an unreasonable price to ask. Yeah, what anyone. do you think? What was a game then? Because I remember games always being like right around that $50 price point, 40 to 50 Yeah, they bucks. were still there. Yeah, okay. They were still right around 50 Yeah. Which is crazy to think that, you know, 20 years later. They still haven't changed. They've, they've only gone up like 20 bucks. Right. Yeah, there's no change to them, which is incredible, right? Yeah, well. We're not going to get into the economy, are we? Well, I mean, we could. Inflation, dude. I got some Kenny Chesney tickets for sale that I bought three years ago, but I got to bump up the price because that inflation. <laughs> yeah, you got to get your money back. Yeah, man. dude. There's pre-inflation dollars into that. So here's here's something I learned from the first podcast because I listened to it because I forgot where we left off and we were drinking. Yeah. Um, I was drinking I say it's. I say it's interesting a lot, and I hate it. Yeah, I always say, like, let's circle back. Because obviously I listen to these myself, too, and I'm trying to get better. So I'm like, oh, that's funny or that's interesting. And I mean, I'm not putting down a conversation. I'm just trying to find the good filler words. And I know sure. when you listen to it, and I think, like, other people that just listen to it once, they'll never notice that. Right? Sure. They listen to your, They might catch on and be like, hey, he says this a totally. lot. But I listened to it a couple times, right? Like, because I want to be better at this. And then, mm -hmm. like you, yeah, I listened to our first one back to know where we kind of left off. And there's, I'm like, God, you kind of sound dumb, dude. Find a different word. <laughs> I hate verbal crutches. I know. I hate them. Like, given like, I give speeches for work. I do presentations, and I work so hard to avoid the ums. Oh my gosh! The, yeah, the, I feel you. Anything that feels like a filler or feels like you're you're reaching for the next thought. Yeah. I, I in a professional world, I feel like it makes you sound super unprofessional. So when I listen to that, I think I said it's interesting eight times in an hour and a half. Essentially anytime I had a thought, I was like, That's you know, it's interesting. <laughs> hey, hey, <that laughs> I wanted interesting. to punch myself in the face repeatedly by the end of that podcast. So you you listen, you listen back like How's that? What's that do to you mentally when you're listening to what you're putting out? Yeah. So um, there's another thing I do. Every time somebody asks me a question, I say, yeah, that's a thing I do. So I'm going to work on that, too, for everybody listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So 
I think I, public speaking's always been something I've been pretty good at. I was on the speech team, like, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and then I was like, <laughs> sports are way cooler than speech. Right? You got to get up. Speech team, Greg. I know. It was, I mean, I was pretty solid at it, too. But no, no, you know, I'm going to keep them to myself, right? I'm not going to blow Stay up. Stay humble, bro. Yeah, you know, no big deal. <laughs> if there was an Olympics, I probably would have wanted it speech, okay? Um, anyways, so I think that public speaking has always been something I've been good at, something I've wanted to be good at. I've tried to be better at. Um, but the first night I came down here, when I recorded that first episode, and it was mm-hmm. literally episode one. And they were like, hey, just have you talk, introduce yourself, introduce the podcast. I'm like, no problem. I'll talk to myself for an hour. I talked for four minutes and I had to take a break. I'm like, what the hell do I talk about? You know? And I think you said something one time, too, like uh, about Colin Cowherd, where he was mm-hmm. everybody. And I don't like him. I know you do. And that's fine. Everybody's got their personal preference. But if you think it's easy to do something like this, get behind the microphone. Like, right. start doing it. Like, that's the thing, yeah. uh, you know, kind of circling around. Like, there's certain points of criticism that I'll take on this. Like, people that I genuinely care about, that I know that are going to listen no matter what, I'll listen to those those mm-hmm. criticisms. But <clears throat> randoms off the street, I could give a shit. Like, start your own podcast and then tell me how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, but sure. anyways... um. I think that I was extremely nervous that first time and then you, then it comes out and you listen to it and the intro song's good. Shout out Riss Parker. Um, it's got a good beat to it and it's like, Hey, this is pretty solid. And then you do a couple and you can feel me getting better with it. Like it's just another thing now. It's just a thing that I do. Like, so, uh, I think also that I think having you on was that good break in it though, because not only did we get a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people, which I hope you did as well, uh, but a lot of people reached out and was like, hey, I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. And like even like Ton's dad, like he he called her and was like, I really like that one with his buddy from back home because I don't know those things about Ben yet, you know? So like it was good right. to, right? But I think having you on in such a, this is something we do a lot. Like I know we had the, the conversation last night, you, Justin, and I, like, we talk every day, but we don't really talk, right? So it was just like, mm-hmm. it was actually like our hour and a half little time to just have a conversation together. And so then, yeah. since then, I feel like the pod has gotten better. And I know, like, some of them aren't out yet, but, like, there's been better recordings, and they're going to keep getting better. And I'm excited. I'm more excited to do it. And so I thank you for that, because it definitely was just like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And now... I feel easier and better cutting you off than I did other people off, right? Because we talk all the time. Sure. So I know when Jeff's going to not say something because we talk yeah. a lot. So I had to work on that, right? And it's your fucking show. Right. Right? It, it is. Like, yeah, that you're having somebody on, but at the end of the day, this is your show, which I had a couple other things I wanted to ask you or talk to you about, and maybe we can circle back to them in the end. Yeah. But you know, you're, you're starting a pod, right? And my first question was, who are you? But my second one, you know, really revolves around, you know, in the ultra competitive space that is someone's time. Yeah. Cause it's the only currency that matters. Correct. Right. Is how much attention someone's going to pay to something and what they're willing to give up for it. Why listen to this? 
right? And yeah. it's your show, right? And so you, you know, I always, I was just kind of thinking like, you need to set the tone. You need to like figure out where we're coming. Like we need to figure out where you're coming from. And like, I say we, cause like, dude, you're a brother to me. Yeah. You're not my brother, but you know, they, like I said, I got a group of people I'd bury people for. Right. So appreciate you. You know, you're in that, you're in that, you're in that club and, and I want to see you find that success as well. So if I, if I can try and help people understand you, right. And understand where we're, where you're trying to go. Um, you know, I'm happy to do it. And so to answer that, do you have an answer to that question? Do you like, what's, why listen to your podcast? What are you hoping to put out there for people to, to, to partake in? Yeah. So I think the first couple, um, I was really trying to pull into like different groups of people pull into different crowds. So, excuse me. So like in the first 10 episodes, I want to pull it into different spectrums, right? Like let, here's my pod and we're going to pinch this corner and we're going to pull it out here and we're going to pull it out here. And that's why the guests were so different, right? So Mm -hmm. obviously the various, uh, I know a lot of people that I know, don't care about shoes, don't listen. But then he shared it to his people, right? And so then shoe mm-hmm. people listen. And then they're maybe like, well, what's the second one, right? Like, and then Taylor, and it's like, okay, a, a self-made guy, right? Pull it into that crowd. And then we have you on, and it pulls it this way. And kind of into the same circle with you and Taylor, but then we have Amy Ross on, who, you know, I'm flat mm-hmm. told her she's Scottsdale famous. So then kind of pulls into her little group of people, and then we had yeah. the cold beers girls on, you know, and then the people that the episodes that aren't released. So I'm just trying to get this like webbed out into different and hope that it sticks. And I think that's where your episodes have been like the most important, because I think the number one piece of feedback I got the first couple was they people wanted to hear me talk more. And mm-hmm. I understand that because, like you said, it's my podcast. So the people that are listening right now are only listening because it's my podcast. There's mm-hmm. no other reason. Well. There's a ghost in here. Uh, there's no other reason that somebody else would be listening to it, right? They're like, hey, I think mm-hmm. Ben Sam's funny or I think Ben Sam's cool, whatever, which yeah. I'm not either of those things, but appreciate you for listening. And so um, then to grow it from there, I mean, that's that's where we have to just keep producing and keep getting better. Like this week, you know, we dropped like opened up the Facebook page, like connect with more people and like to have a true test answer, like why should you listen to my podcast? I don't have a good one because there's not a good basis on what this is about. Like I'm just having fun. I like to talk to people. I like to meet new people. So that's what we do here. And I think Mm -hmm. that I guess the answer is I think there's a lot of people in the world that wish they could do that, that wish they could talk to people. And so maybe this is their outlet to do that. Maybe Mm -hmm. they, you know, they, can do yeah i like i said maybe they can do that now i don't know that's a sweet plant behind you you can see it just kidding uh no and so i think that i think like look that's what content is you want to feel like you're part of something right right like you're part of it and I know for myself and the reason why, like when you told me about what you were trying to do, I was super excited because in general, I'm just a curious motherfucker. Yeah. Like someone starts telling me about something, I'll spend the next 30 minutes Googling it, reading articles, trying to just learn. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I am not, I'm not a strong reader. Yeah. <laughs> I read at a third grade level. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a voracious reader, right? Like I, I I'll read, um, but I try to digest it as quickly as possible. And if it's not broken down in the simplest terms, especially something complex, I mean, fuck, I, I think like most people, your eyes glaze over, yeah. you know, you hit the back button, try and find something else. Right. And right. so I, lo- I love the concept of learning about new industries, new, new, new stories and how people got into it. And, and then people find their own inspiration from it. Right. Like whatever that may be. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, your, your first guess, you know, essentially starting his own shoe business, you know, kind of came up in the game. And like, I, 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 I it made me want to learn more about the shoe game and like stock right. X and all of that. Cause that's still a wild concept to me that shoes can be an investment. Um, well, like, alert. yeah. And like, he we just went to sneaker con, right? Like in LA, he just yeah. did that this weekend mm-hmm. and the guy killed it. Shout out D, but like, it is a wild world and coming from where, where we're from, not a lot of people give a shit about shoes. So it was right. interesting to people. Like I, you know, we got that feedback. Like you're right. Like taking it to somebody else, you know? Yeah. And look, not everything's for everybody, right? Sure. Like not everybody cares about. Thank God it's not, by the way. <laughs> like I'm glad not everybody's into everything at the same, you know? All you kinds of be. kinds. Yeah, you can't be, right? Um, you know, not everybody's into long haul trucking or. Yeah. You know, the the women's hair business, but at the at the end of the day, like if they find it entertaining, you know, and they can pick up a morsel or a nugget from it, you know, I think that that's 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 a good thing to put out there. And so, yeah, I just I wanted to just ask you more questions about it, and like try and dive into like what made you do that. And so, like one of my kind of like what I was going to try to lead into that with was, you know, you picked up shop. Yep. From Minnesota. Yep. You moved to Arizona. You had these dreams of coaching or these thoughts of it. Yeah. At least. Yeah. At least that was your your goal, right? Yep. And you went down there and obviously there was a girl and you had a friend. Uh shout out Ton, shout out Ty. Shout out. Right. Um and you were chasing that. So like what how did that go? Like, is that still an interest to you? Or are you still trying to pursue that? I mean, yeah, so, yeah, I don't I really. You said, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know you said, like, you, you kind of got a little soured on coaching, like, when you first got into it, just, like, the, the expectations you had kind of turned almost immediately or within four weeks. So, yeah, you know, how did, is it still something you want to chase or hope to or not? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, I'll always love that. Um, I'll love the game of football. I know everybody's got something else that, or something that ties them to life, but uh, truly the game of football has taught me a lot of great lessons, brought me a lot of great friends. It's connected me to a lot of great people, and I'm very thankful for that game. And I had great coaches in general growing up, um, and uh, it's always kind of something I wanted to do. And so when I started coaching, I coached with good people, and then I made sure that we brought good people in. And I think the thing that kind of soured it the most is that, and it could be anything, but 
we gave up, and I'm not just saying me, the people that coach with me, Jordan Pesky, Christian Pesky, Alex Rota, Bart Clayton, Lee Dallager, Ryan Broodley, Bart Whitman, like all those guys, they gave up a lot. And a lot of those guys had families, right? And so whether it's family time, you got, you got a family now, right? So that's an investment coming to practice every day, doing all that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And so I was always like, I'll take care of the weight room. Like, I'll do all this stuff. And then it's like all this time is adding up. And I think it was a, a lot of just where I was. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for the relationships I have with a lot of those parents and a lot of those kids. But the year leading up to the COVID season was an absolute shit show, to, mm-hmm. to be honest. So the school I was coaching at was a co-op. So we had two different schools, but at that point they were combined for everything for sports. When we started, it was just football. So the Jaguar football program started in 2012, fall of 2012, and that was the first year. And then it kind of sucked because then you tried to build this culture on a football team, and then these guys had to go play basketball against each other and then go play baseball Mm -hmm. against each other. You know, So it was like, this is really tough to do. Absolutely. And then they finally brought it all together. And that's when things really started to mesh. And you get a lot of kids that buy in, whatever. But a lot of kids don't. And they don't have that push to. And you've been on a lot of teams, and I'm sure you've been on good teams and bad teams. And the good teams are successful because of what they do away from practice, games, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Time together, yep. working out together, all that stuff. So the good teams we had, they were definitely better in those areas. It's just facts. Uh, the bad teams weren't, um, but a lot of at the same token, it, when we lost seventeen straight games, there was a lot of kids that were fighting really hard, and they worked their tails off. And that's probably one of the better moments of life for me is to lose those. You know, go through it basically a two year losing streak. Like it sucked, but uh, we did a lot once we kindly you know got over the hump and got that win. Then things started happening. We won our first playoff game in the road in like 20 years out of either school. Like, that was fun, right? So things start going. But then parents were upset about where we practiced because we only practiced in Truman, and they should practice in Grenada. Well, Grenada didn't even have a locker room for us. And so it's just like kind of goes back to – and you see it more and more. Like, you can watch all these youth clips – I think parents are pretty out of control right now, especially when it comes to sports. And I miss it a ton, and I'd be lying to anybody that if I didn't. Um, but when you have people that just sit down and complain about how you're doing something with extremely limited resources, extremely limited help, like there's not a lot we could do. And we did the absolute best we could do to do it. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we tried to do all these things for the kids. We got, you know, Nike in. We got them all new jerseys. Like, we, there was just all this stuff. Like, hey, we're trying to build a nice program here. Kids are there. Kids are buying in. We're kind of turning the corner. And then it's like all of a sudden, like, all the parents are like, yeah, we're pissed because of where you practice. And that's when it started to sit negatively for me. And that was the first mm-hmm. part. And it's like, okay, instead of complaining about something because you don't like it maybe ask like how can you help what can we do because before 
I became head coach, we would practice half the season in Grenada and then half the season in Truman. So week five, Sunday afternoon, we'd have to pick up all the football stuff and move it 25 miles to another school. It's just a pain in the ass. And then they built a brand new gym in Grenada and they took out the the football equipment room. And so I was like, well, why don't we just, is it okay if we practice up at Truman all the time? We don't have to move the stuff. Baseball practices up there all the time. There's only one baseball field. And so, yeah, they, everybody was, seemed to be cool with it. You know, it's not like basketball. Like, I understand, like, with basketball, there's three schools consolidated for them right now. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do for basketball? You bring the balls to a different gym? That's really no big deal. You right. Know? Like, the hoops are installed. Yeah. It's not, you could literally play anywhere. Go to MC Fitness in Fairmont, and you guys could have basketball practice. Yep. So that was the first thing. And then I think the second thing was during the COVID season. I don't think I know. Uh, so... COVID and I mean, everywhere was wild. So at the time, Grenada stretched into, and they do, because it's Grenada, Huntley, East Chain. So Grenada and East Chain are in Martin County, and Huntley is in Faribault County. So they like stretched into two different counties. And so they mm-hmm. could be on like hybrid learning, where they could go like every other day, online, offline, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Truman was all in. Martin County and then whatever, Watonwan County, I think, just north because of the Louisville. Well, both those counties were in distance only based on the numbers. Martin County, it was. And so Truman or Grenada could play sports. The Grenada kids could play sports. All of them could because they were in hybrid because of Mm -hmm. the county lines, whatever. Truman was not. And so we had a shortened season already because they had moved it to the spring and then they moved it back. And then right before the season was supposed to start, we did this, like we had these two weeks of practice in September and then we found out like, Hey, we're good. That's what we were told. Dave, shut up. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Man. No, you're good. It's all right. Freaking Dave. <laughs> um, but uh, so we, we found out that we were good. And then it turns out, well, obviously, like, we weren't. We found out the next week, like, we couldn't practice. And so the only thing that I could do or was, you know, suggested to do was to take half the kids, the Grenada kids, and play football with just the Grenada kids. So the kids that went to school at Truman that were on our team, were on all of our teams, they weren't allowed to play. And so at that point, I made the executive decision as the head football coach that we weren't going to play until we could all play together because that's what a team is to me. And holy shit, did that piss some people off. And you would have thought that I was robbing people blind of opportunities. Right. And at that point, it's like, okay, what, what do you want to gain as a community? Because you can't have sports without the other. They can't. There's not enough people there. And for people that are listening that don't understand the size of these communities, Grenada is about 600 people and Truman is about 1,000 people. And they're in rural America and they're about 15 miles apart, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they could not survive without the other athletically and probably really on the school side either soon. But Mm -hmm. anyway, that's another story for another day. But when when you try to, you know... Uh, and great, like I said, great coaches growing up, you know, you just, you kind of lean on those people and what they taught you. And it's like, okay, choose be, you know, 
go through life with integrity. And <clears throat> could I have gone and played football and coached football with half the kids? Yeah, I could have done that. Would that have been the right thing to do? No, it wouldn't have. No, so I didn't not. do it. And so I remember I posted a thing and uh, on my Facebook or on like the team's Facebook and our Twitter and stuff. And there was a lot of backlash and people were upset. But then there was obviously a lot of people that were like, you know, kudos, like that's the right thing to do. Then the season started off terribly because then we had literally a week to practice to get ready for our first game and guys weren't ready and. I don't know. I just felt like I was at the point where I needed a break. I had been on a football team in some fashion, playing or coaching or whatever, every year since the second grade. And I was like, well, moving down here, I'm going to take a break. Last fall, I was like, if I truly miss it, there's 40 high schools across the valley. I'll find somewhere Mm -hmm. to coach. And so, yeah, I do. And I think it's just now finding the time commitment. But, yeah, man, I I know I got a little long-winded there and people probably shut the pot off. But I'm saying is there's not a lot of gratitude in coaching. And if you have good coaches, you should let them know. Um, If you're thankful for anybody, not just coaches, like if you're thankful for people, you should let them know. Um, Because a lot of those people do selfless things. Um, I had really good coaches that, you know, essentially worked for me. Uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Peschke used to stay up all night long. Dude, he'd text me at four in the morning because he was still watching film, trying to find a way to win a football game. You know, and right. people don't realize that. I mean, there's a competitor in all of us. That's why you do. That's why you stay around sports. Do you think you I know. loved losing 17 straight games? No, but we did. And then when it happened, and it was the craziest play of all time. I was fourth and one. We we're up six, and we had a bad snap. And it went over. I put my running back. We went to this little wildcat thing because we need to pick up a yard. Snap went over his head, and he chased it down. And Carter Spear picks up the ball, and he throws it to Kale Jaskolke, who's like, hey, I got a first down, and he just falls down. And that's how we won our first game in two years. And I'll never forget those moments (laughs) and the excitement of that, right? And so I'm super thankful for all of that and all that went into those things. But – yeah, I just think parents need to know their role, um, if I'm being honest. I think something I've learned recently is the pyramid of sports, right? Um, the, you know, the, the referee is what, you know, kind of protects the game, I guess, right? They're the barrier mm-hmm. between the game and, and everybody, coaches, players, whatever. But, you know, players play, coaches coach, fans cheer. And that's – if we can get back to that, I think it ruins – I mean – how many kids do you think don't want to play sports because they go home and their dad's an asshole because he struck out twice in second grade baseball? Sure. You know, like imagine sure. you were good at you were good at baseball. If Jack sucked and you were like, Listen, you know what I mean? Like he wouldn't want to play sports. Yeah. So parents need to just take a step back, know totally. their role and let the kids play sports. Let the coaches coach, let the refs ref. Soon we're not going to have sports. You keep seeing all these videos of the refs getting yelled at at Little League baseball games by dads. Mm-hmm. You think guys are still going to do that for $20 a game? No. Hell no. So, Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah, and it's it extends so far. Like the the stories you hear of parents just doing the most ridiculous things on the face of the planet, right? And like so personally, like – I, you know, two weeks ago, I'm, I coached my son's little flag football team, eight year olds, right? Second graders. Yeah. The most inconsequential sporting game 
on the fucking planet. Right. Right. No one gets anything out of winning these games other than, you know, just the the feeling of of success and 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 what it means to win, right? And like that's exciting and it's good for the kids, but this league is like set up as a rec league. It is Yeah. you know, you're not supposed to practice none of this shit. Well, we had a kid and <laughs> we had a kid who accidentally went over the line of scrimmage before the ball was handed off on a fourth down and pulled a flag. And they didn't get the flag and the ref and the opposing coach is like yelling at the ref like how's that not a flag? We should get a first down, all this stuff. And he's like, well, we got to give him a warning. You know, and this kid's like 16 years old. The, the kid refing. The kid refing is yeah. 16 years old, probably on the local high school football team. Sure. <clears throat> and here's this grown-ass man, you know, essentially like berating him without swearing, right? Because um, there's children around. And and he's like, we got to give him a warning. And he's like, okay, so we're just going to give warnings now. Anytime somebody does something wrong, Got it. And so he turns to his team and he's like, all right, guys, feel free to jump. Feel free to get back there and pull their flag. And he was like saying it super loud, like trying to make a point, trying to be a dick, trying to get in this ref's ear. And I just stood up like I'm in the middle of calling a play. And I just walked out of the, the you know, this makeshift huddle. I was like, coach, knock it off. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, grow up. It's flag like, football. Dog. You're, t- you're telling your kids to actively break the rules. I'm sorry that my eight-year-old made a mistake and you weren't rewarded for it. And he turns to me and he goes, I wouldn't be upset if it wasn't fourth down. Or he goes, I wouldn't care if it wasn't fourth down. I go, why do you care at all, man? Right. It's eighth grade. It's eight-year-old football. Aren't you teaching these kids how to throw and how to catch? teaching them how to cheat. Like, knock it off. Grow up. And my, and like, so speaking of like how kids feel, it was crazy. Like after the game, my son was like, He's like, Dad, I was embarrassed when you were doing that. And I was like, dude, like, I'm sorry that that made you uncomfortable. Right. But if people don't stand up to people acting like idiots. Right. We're going to get a shitload of idiots out. And we already have it. Right. Like there's so many, so many idiots. And I did it in like the most respectful way possible. Just cut them down verbally. Right. Without being like aggressive about it. For sure. You know. I can be aggressive as hell when I want to be, right. you know, and I, I wasn't, I was, I just, I made super poignant points to him and he was like tucked his tail and turned around. He was like, Oh, my bad. Yeah. You know, and parents on the sidelines were cheering, you know, and it's yeah. not that I did that to feel good about it. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you teaching these kids? What's your goal to be a dick? Right. You're a coach, like be a coach, like tell them like, Hey, mistakes happen. It's all right, guys. We'll make it up. Right. And to make it even worse, this is, you know, they beat us by like 40. They were a good team. Like, he didn't need to be acting like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just win with class, lose with grace, get on with it, right? Like, we loved sports, and it probably shaped who we are, but it has no impact on what we do now. No. Right. Like it, I'm not getting paid by anybody to do anything sports related. No. Wish I was, but I'm not. And most people never will. Right. And so like, you know, little Jimmy and Johnny and Timmy and Tommy, they, they ain't fucking making it. Right. Like they're just never going to make it. So quit <clears throat> being so invested in, you know, where you're practicing. And if you have those problems with something, 
I, I bring this professionally. You better bring me a solution. Right. Don't come to me with a complaint. Come to me with a complaint. I'm not listening. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you the I'll give you the professional courtesy of sitting there, but I'm thinking about twelve different things. Correct. And how I can get you out of my office versus, yeah, let's solve this together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you come to me with solutions, like yeah, I'll work with you. Yep. But if you just come to me bitching and moaning about just the dumbest shit, like get out. Yep. Get out. I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. Like I had to sit at a school board meeting and these parents who had not yet had a kid on varsity or come to, I mean, even like junior high practice start complaining. And the, like the funniest thing of it all is Grenada is five miles away from Fairmont. Truman is 15. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if I lived in Fairmont, don't you think I'd like to be at the place where it was closer like, I right. drove farther every day, yep. you know? But it's just, I mean, yeah, it's just how people are. And I think something really important that you touched on, and I think people that listen to this might have kids, and hopefully, like, that resonates with them. But most people never will, right? Like, uh, I there's a there's a documentary out there. I think it's the Kenny Chesney one, The Boys of Fall. And Bruce Parcells says, we're all, or Bill Parcells, excuse me, he says we're all on the train, and at some point the train stops and we're all asked to get off. And he's just talking about football, right? But mm-hmm. that's sports in general. I understand that not yeah. every kid loves sports or, or football or sports in general, but if your kid does enjoy it, just let them enjoy it. Because it's right. most people, that ends. And a lot of people, that ends at 18. And then that at mm-hmm. 18, sports is a huge part of your life. And then you, like you know... You you go through a lot of what ifs. I think kids do. I've noticed that from kids that I've coached. Like they come back yeah. and they're like, "I wish I would have lifted harder." You know, whatever. So, sure. but because it's just such a so, let them enjoy that time and let people yep. that if you have a shitty coach, call them out. You know, if there's somebody that's actually out there making things worse or like abusing your children, yeah, find somebody else. But if there's somebody that genuinely like puts genuinely puts everything they have into your son or daughter to make them better at a game that they will probably only play till they're 18 and then be fans of forever, let it be. Just let mm-hmm. it be. Just go support yeah. your kid. Hey, I like to watch yeah. you play. Yeah. It's not tough. Yeah, like you know, it's one of the things that like <clears throat> I, I've respected so much about my dad and I don't know if he was like this with you guys. I think he probably was cause he was a guy who was set in his ways. A dude never cheered. No, never yelled. Like when, when he wasn't the coach, like when he was the coach, he was, he was a coach and he fought for his team. Yep. Right. Um, you know, he'd get kicked out of games and I mean, some of those stories. Are, yeah some of the greatest stories of my life for sure. Um, but when he was a fan, you know, when he was watching me play, you know, he wore this pink spam, hat. spam hat, dude. It was just going to say, yeah, yeah, it's legendary right? Yeah. in that community. Like every, any six, six, you know, borderline six, seven, right. So it stands out in the crowd and you know, you just see him, he'd just be standing off on the side. Like he yep. wasn't in the crowd. He'd be with like two or three of his friends down the left field line or, you know, by like the goal line at the football field, like yep. not wanting to be in the crowd. Cause he didn't want to hear any of that. 
He didn't want to like get involved in any of that. And he just right. let us play. Right. And, you know, at the end of it, you know, he'd tell me good game and, you know, how'd you feel out there? You know, anything you want to like work on or whatever. And that was it. Right. And I try super hard to be in that mindset, you know, with my kids because, you know, basketball wise, now I'm going to contradict myself. It was kind of the opposite for me. Like, sure. I hated basketball. Like what you're talking about with my kid, with Jack, um, I don't want him to resent anything because of what I've done. Right. Right. And I resented basketball because there was no way I was going to live up to my father's expectations sure. of what basketball, what I should be as a basketball player. And, you know, the fact that my brother was what he was in basketball, I give him all the credit in the world because he was not easy in the world of basketball. I right. just played basketball because my friends played it. Correct. <laughs> you know, and I probably shouldn't have, I probably should just continue to focus on baseball, but it, you know, he, he was, he was, he, he was demanding and exacting and it was, you know, defeating as right. a child to, to think about that. Right. And so like when I go to these games and I see these kids and, you know, knowing what collegiate athletes look like and what they're capable of and what they're not. Yeah. And then you see these parents freaking out about my kid's not playing or he should shoot more. And it's like, no, he shouldn't. He sucks. Yeah. Please don't shoot more. Yeah. He should take layups and that's about it. Right. Play defense, you know, pass the ball, make a cut, something like that. Like don't, don't ask for him to score 18 because he ain't never will. He's not doing it. You know, um, yeah, man, like people are just tough to, parents are just tough to deal with. And so like, kudos to you for coaching and like, you know, all the work that you did, like if the right opportunity came around, would it be something you'd be getting back into? Or do you feel like maybe that ship sailed a little? No, a thousand percent. I would, I think I'd love to coach like D line at a high school. I think that's probably what I'm most passionate about. Something that I, I love the most uh, of the game of football. It's a, uh, you know, I could go on, do it for hours, but um, yeah, I think, you know, and <clears throat> there's not to say like I did, you know, I don't want this to sound like I didn't have a lot of good coaching memories because I did, um, you know, and I, I was also very fortunate to coach adults in the summertime. Uh, you know, I coached amateur football in Minnesota. And so then you're County Bulls. Was that like them? Yeah. So it was South Central Hogs. I played for them, and then the the Mountain Lake Lakers. And uh, yeah, dude, I you know I I coached adults, and we had extremely good athletes, and we won a lot of games. But at the same time, at that point, um, that'll be it. It was like I was able to one thousand percent be myself because they were adults. Mm-hmm. So when somebody else on the other team was talking shit, I could tell them shut the fuck up. You know, like hey. I'm 27. Come on. You know, like, but I had yeah. fun and I, you know, some of my best friends I met doing that, but it's just a, that's just a, you know, love for football thing. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, I love the game, uh, more than anything. Uh, I mean, not anything, but more than anything, dude, I, yeah, if you called me on a Friday, on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday in the fall, there's a good chance you can figure out what the hell I'm doing. And I'm sitting inside watching football and there's just yeah. nothing like it. And so I, I don't know. I think everybody's got a thing that they're passionate about and that's mine. So 
it's an easily it's an easy game to get passionate about. Like, like I said, we were my like you know we were decent at it in high school, yep. but I didn't go on to play it. And I will still tell you, like that was my favorite sport to play for sure. There's and nothing. I better. think it was. I think it was because we had 22 guys that were all fighting for the same thing, right? And busting ass, and you know, it takes so much to make it work that when it does, it's so, like you said, you grinded so long, 17 straight losses. And when you got that win, I, that was probably the equivalent of winning a state title. There's no doubt. There is no, like even people I've talked to, I remember when I posted that, like, I remember I had an Instagram post and it went like, I mean, it definitely, like, if you want to count likes, like it was the biggest thing I've ever posted. Right. But I, you know, I, I posted what I felt and I put my heart into it. And, um, yeah, man, there was, I mean, outside of my very first win that there'll never be. And then that win later that year in the playoffs where we were supposed to get our ass kicked and we beat a two seed. It was like, what is going on? Right. But I mean, yeah, there is when you fight for something and it pays off, it feels good. And that's in anything in life. If whatever your job is, if you work hard to land a business deal or, you work hard to become the manager yeah. at Taco John. It feels good when you mm-hmm. accomplish something you worked hard for. And yeah. I know that there's teams that win 17 straight games like it's nothing. But until you lose and you lose and you lose, and that's what was so special about those guys is that they didn't give up. I mean, the mm-hmm. week before, dude, we lost, I think it was 20 to 13. And we played yeah. terrible and nothing worked. And I remember I was just like, I knew it was a game we should have won. And I just remember walking off the field and like, I'm an emotional guy. Uh, people that are super close to me know that. And I was a little like watery eyed. And I just remember people coming up and they're like, it's, you know, you get guys on the team, like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get it next week. And thank God we did. Cause I don't know if we went to 18, dude, I don't, mm. I don't know, man. But no, it's a, I will never trade anything for those moments, for those kids, for those people that I met. Yeah. That. That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, so much goes into all the, you know, it's one game a week. Right. Right. It's not baseball 162 or, you know, in high school, you get to play three or four a week or, yeah, you know, and it's so much, to, so much goes into it together. Yep. Right. Whereas like baseball, like you can go you know, take your cuts in the cage, you go to the gym and basketball and put up shots and you're going to make your team better because you're better at what you're doing, you know, but you know, football, there's plays, right? Like right. if the, if the guard doesn't pull at the right time or the, the defensive line doesn't run across, like, you know, I don't know what they call that anymore, but if they don't cross and, you know, a stunt, yeah. is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Stunt. Yeah. Here we go. Old guy coming through. Uh, if they don't run a stunt and, and time it right, like it's, it's all, go, it all goes to shit. Yeah. Like if you, everything falls apart. If you don't so, do your job, the other 10 guys fail. Right. Right. And so it sets so you up perfectly for life. Like you were a baseball guy. You pitched. Jeff could go out there, pitch his ass off and no hit. And then all of a sudden, one guy gets on base for your team and you win the game. Or in the case uh, two weeks ago, the Pirates and the Reds, perfect example, the Reds were no hitting the Pirates and they lost the game. Yeah. The Pirates, you know? I 
I threw no hitters and lost, Ben. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you can dominate the game. It's capable. Right, but it's just a wild thing. Like, football, I feel like, is the one sport where one guy yep. could literally not take over the game to dictate. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've, you moved to Arizona. Yep. Right? Like, you came from, from small-town Minnesota. Um, and I don't mean that negatively, but well, now is. you're living in a – now you're living in this growing, bustling metropolitan. Fifth largest metro in America. Jesus, on the come up. <clears throat> uh, you know, like, what have you learned since you've been down there? Like, what, what, how has your perspective of things, of life, people changed? Um, well, that's a good question, Jeff. Um, I don't think Thanks. that in, in all seriousness that, my perspective on the world has changed. I think that I don't want to make this a football podcast, but in football, you learn things. And I was fortunate enough to play college football, even for a small time. And I met people from all over the country. I mean, there was guys from Florida. There was guys from Compton, California. And we all were in Mitchell, South Dakota at the same time working for a common objective. I think the thing that I've learned like through that and since being here is that I wish more people could see the rest of the world, right? I mm -hmm. love where I'm from. I told you last time I'm extremely proud to be where I'm from, and there's a lot of things that make me proud to be from there. But there's a lot of different things in the world that other people never experience, right? I mean, where we're from, Jeff, people go up to Mankato to go to Red Lobster and they think that's going to a fancy dinner, right? Like, fucking big time. You dude. know, but but that's the truth, right? And like people are like, hey, we're going to yeah, Red Lobster. I don't say that sarcastically. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, you've traveled and you've been here and gone to places. And I've been fortunate. I mean, to to go out to places that are extremely expensive and it's a like an experience to eat there, right? But there's there's just so much more to the world than rural America. And I'm extremely proud of my values that I was raised with coming from rural America. I think so it makes me, me, you know, hardworking, try to be a good person. You know, if you make a mistake, just be honest about it and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. If not, whatever. Right. So, but at the same time, when you meet people here or you see other people from all over the world, that's the other thing I love about Phoenix is, this is a pretty good melting pot of an area. Uh, there's yeah. people literally from all over here, and that's what's built this area. Um, but I just think that I wish that more people could venture out and open up their minds to different perspectives. And it's just when you talk to people back home about anything, there's a lot of close-mindedness, right? Whether No matter what it is, politics, whatever, you know, economy, religion, anything mm – -hmm. Basically anything socially that drives the world. People in rural America have a closed perspective. And I'm very happy to have that perspective on life. But I'm also very happy to see the other side of another perspective, especially being yeah. here. Yeah. So, I 100%. mean, uh, yeah. You grew up here. I mean, you've and you've traveled. You were in the military. You've met a million people as well. So I mean, yep. I've I hope that I echo your sentiments on on life and perspective there. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like I've heard shit in the past where something like eighty or eighty five percent of people never leave, and it like 
never move 10 to 15 miles beyond where they were from where they're from. Right. I think that's changing now and will continue to change as remote working capabilities become more prevalent. For sure. So many people are stuck in their bubble. And so I, yeah, like it's, I'm not going to say it's interesting, but it is. It's interesting (laughs) to think about uh, like my brother and I, like I, I was born in Jersey, then moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, then Denver, Colorado, then Phoenix, Arizona, then Fairmont, Minnesota, right? Like I've lived in eight States. I've seen the world uh, more, you know, twice over. And my brother he was he was born in Arizona, but we immediately moved to Minnesota. He yeah. grew up in Minnesota and you know moved an hour away or two hours away right, right? like his perspective is probably different on things than mine, right sure. because I've seen so many in my job like i i I am lucky that in my career like my life has taken me to almost every major city in this country, um, you know, for work. And like, you just, you meet so many people with so many different perspectives. And I try to, when I'm in those situations, and I I think, you know, you and I are probably, we're similar in a lot of ways, but we're also different in a lot of ways. Like I try to like always just have like, I try to learn from them in some respect or understand them. I try to understand them. I'm not necessarily, trying to make somebody have my viewpoint, Um, right? You and I have different viewpoints on things. We've talked about that in the past, but we have a a good talk about it and find some middle ground. And that's not exciting, right? I get that. I get that. It's not exciting. Um, The internet is hot take central. Um, For sure. But I think so many people are like that. They they just, they want to, they want to know more about others and, or at least I hope they do. I'm hopeful right. that they do. Um, and yeah, like it, nobody's newsflash. Nobody's got it figured out. No one. Right. Like if anybody did, we'd be in a hell of a lot different place. For sure. Societally, culturally, like all that shit. Right. And we haven't. So like, right. Quit thinking you do. Yep. Yeah, I ain't trying to preach. Sorry. No, um, I mean, I'm with you, like, just like a real quick touch on that, because I don't want to preach either. But I just think, like, I I think the reason you and I have gotten so close over the last couple of years, because there's been a lot of nights where it's just been you and I, and we've had talks, mm-hmm. right? And we just, <clears throat> we've been playing vids, but it's been just Ben and Jeff. And we've had a lot of talks, <clears throat> and we've got to that middle ground on a lot of things. And that's, I guess, you know, really circling back to kind of why I wanted to do this podcast is I want to open people's perspectives to other things because Absolutely. we've been places and I've been extremely fortunate. I, I really have. I am very thankful for the things that have come my way. I've lived a pretty stupid fucking life and I've been able to do a lot of dumb <laughs> shit and I'm extremely thankful for it. But, um, it's just, it, I just wish that more people, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's 2022. Like there's a lot of different people out there. You don't have to agree with everybody, but I mean, just 
just listen for a minute. You know, you might you might not necessarily change your perspective. It might grow your perspective stronger. But just listen for a second. And I don't know. I think that's what we have to do is just have more conversations about stuff and have uncomfortable conversations about stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. So, you know, you're, you're, you're coming back to your pod here, right? So you told us when we were playing one night, like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of starting a pod and you've told me, but I'm yeah. going to ask because I want everybody, others to know, like, did you have other ideas? Like what you wanted to, to do other than that? Like any other concepts that were like floating around in your head when you decided, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, and, and hopefully, like, to be completely honest, since I've done this, um, one of my really good friends, Matthew Wood, he reached out and he's like, is it bringing you joy? And I was like, it is. Like, I'm extremely happy when I do this. And then I listen it back and then people are like, man, that was a good episode, whatever. But, I and I hope, so what I'm saying is I hope to grow to more things. I hope to have not only more episodes, but I hope to grow to more podcasts. I know that's something that you and I have talked about, right? Like I hope to, to build something up, right? And it's fun and it's exciting, but whatever. Um, but I think that um, I just, I guess I wanted to do a conversation. Like I just wanted to find a way to talk to people. Um, I think that I could have done like a sports one real easily and we could have had different people on and whatever and just talked about sports that would have been easy Uh, i think this challenged me a little bit to you know kind of get outside that comfort zone talk to different people and i think people will see that in the people that are coming up you know as as guests it's a different group of people but Mm -hmm. i want to have those conversations so um I mean, that's just something that I wanted to do. Um, I, I mean, I had this name picked, and then the other one was Let's Have a Beer, um, just because I think, like, you know, especially being where, for, where we're from, it's like, hey, you want to catch up with somebody? It's like, hey, let's have a beer, you know? So, Cheers. Cheers, brother. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> it's just one of those things. So, uh, no, I, I, I really wanted to do it like this because I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy telling stories real or bullshit. Um, but I wanted to meet other people, talk to other people. Uh, like I said, make it easier for other people to talk to people, um, have conversations with people, you know, that kind of stuff. So what's it, what's it like? Uh, so yeah, what's it like producing something for people to consume? And I, I say this in that, and this really struck me like I, I I cannot imagine what you went through. Right. Because I was on your we did an episode. Right. I was nervous going into it. Yeah. And I am pretty sure I had some anxiety for a week until it came out. Yeah. Right. Just like shit did. Like, how did that sound? Right. Um. I remember, you know, I called somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. And, the, uh, <laughs> and then your mom word. told us how, how nice of boys we were and how good of yeah, an episode uh, you it know, was. I said, so, you know, dude, I, we swore a lot, right? Like I get it. And I'm just like, man, I hope I did not say that about someone I should not have. Uh, and, you know, looking back, no, I, I fully stand behind calling that dude. That, For sure. That. Um, but yeah, like, so, you know, for me, like, you know, I'm not doing this, 
you know, so as a guest and, and you've told me like you've got other guests who said they were nervous. Like, what's it like from your perspective, like doing this? Is is this how's this how is this making you feel like internally? And I'm assuming it's changed since your first sure. one. Yeah. But um yeah, so since the first one excuse me, it definitely has changed. Uh, like I I think I said earlier, I was so nervous. Um recorded a 10 minute episode and it took me like 30 minutes to record it. So thank God for the editing team. Um, but then, you know, I kind of, I've never been a shy person. I've never really been a person like who's really cared what other people think of me. I've always been extremely raw and that's what I appreciated about our first episode. And this one is, yeah, you and I probably do say fuck too much, but guess what? That's how we talk. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to something else if you don't like it. (laughs) So, um, but no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's how it makes me feel. It makes me happy. I've been, I mean, people have reached out that I haven't talked to in years. Like, Hey, I listen to the podcast. I really enjoyed it. That makes you feel good. I also, somebody said that it sucked and I was like, okay, I haven't talked to you in years and I don't care. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, um, but no, it just, it, it does truly bring me joy. Uh, producing content is a weird thing in 2022. And that's kind of why I wanted to start doing this. You see all these people that do produce content and they're doing, not necessarily that they're doing well, or I'm trying to like kill it financially. Would I love for this someday, like to turn into something like that? Absolutely. That would be incredible. Right. But that's a, that's a pipeline dream and we'll work towards that. But at the same time, if you don't do it, you're going to miss the boat, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a million things in life and I don't want to be that guy on the outside looking in saying like, well, I never tried. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad it's, I think it's, it's doing well. I mean, I know it is. I'm excited about it, but yeah, man, it was extremely nerve wracking. But once you take that jump and I think, you know, we talked about like me moving here, you know, anything in life, if there's anything I can tell you is it's just go for it. Like if you're scared of failing, you're going to fucking fail. You're going to fail. You're going to lose. Um, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days, but I'll tell you, like, there's no better joy than like not trying to give anything away. But when I booked the next guest, like I was so pumped up because I know like you and I had like talked about it briefly and then I actually reached out to him and he was like, absolutely. And I was like, there's no way like, and, and he's like, so excited. I am, I am too. And he was so cool on the phone and I'd never met this man in my life. And he's like, Hey, I'm very well connected and I'm going to go through my phone and I'm going to give you a list of people and I'm going to give you their personal numbers because I think they're interesting or I think they could, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's incredible. So, I mean, that kind of stuff, that makes you excited. That's a win, right? Um, just, you know, people that I'm close to enjoy it. And if that's all that it is that we get, you know, 50 of the people closest to me that listen every week, that's fine. I'll keep doing it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. fun to do, but, um, I think that there's a lot of good things coming. I'm extremely excited. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't have a picture up at cold beers and cheeseburgers yet, but I'm sure it's not going to be long, you know? So. Absolutely. Right. We got Absolutely. good stuff coming. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a guy who has always said, I don't care what people think of me. Right. Outwardly. Inwardly. But, I mean, it a hundred percent affects me like without question. Um, I wish it didn't, 
outwardly, I just punch people in the face yep. when I did when I didn't like them, you know, right. um, right. You know, that was my way of saying I didn't care. Clearly I did, uh, have some unresolved issues, probably need to go to therapy. <laughs> um, but that's life. Right. And, and like, you know, circling back on how you're talking is super excited about this. Like, this is a guy that, you, you know, you probably don't agree with next. Yeah, no, for sure. You know? But you're going to have a conversation with them, right? And like grow and and an open minded conversation too, because I'm not going to go in being an asshole, right? Right. Like that's the yeah, you know. But that's the thing that I want. Like he's giving me the time. Yeah. If he listens to this, like I'm a little skeptical of what he does right now. For sure, maybe he'll change my perspective. I also like semi agree with it, but I'm going to push that boundary. Like that's that's the fun thing. But without this, I would never be able to have that conversation. 100%. 100%. So, like, if, you know, I've heard a lot of you talking about, and this is me trying to sum sum up what you're doing. Yeah. What you've been through and where you're going. Yeah. It's just, it's about growth. Absolutely. As crazy, you know, like... It's just you're 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 trying to you're growing. Yep. And you're trying to like help other people grow, which I think is like I said uh, originally in that in the first episode we did, which I think is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, which I think is incredible, right? And I think more people need to do. Um, and I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for you, brother. And appreciate I, that. Like. I, you know, I don't know what you're doing numbers wise. You, you know, you're, you're, and I don't care, you know, cause I'm going to listen every week and right. I hope you make a billion dollars and, you know, we, we can buy a Montana ranch. Yep. Yep. And we go ride horses and yep. shoot guns and play you know, Yellowstone. Around. Yeah. Play Yellowstone, you know, fuck it, you know, yeah, um, fuck it, you know, I hope, I hope you, I hope you do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, like I couldn't be more excited for you and Appreciate I that. hope, I hope people that have listened feel the same about what you're trying to do and come to it with an open mind. Like, yeah, personally, don't give a shit about the fucking women's hair business. Sure. A lot of people don't. But you listen. I'm married. I'm married. Yeah. I got a wife. Right. I took some shit from that. And. I can have a little bit better of a conversation with my wife right. about that stuff. Right. Yep. I know it matters to him. So yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Never would have learned that before. Right. So yeah, man. Absolutely. You got anything else for me or are we good? I mean, what do you think? No, I, mean, I think I'm just drinking. I mean, I think we, we should probably do another one sometime. We should just, Keep popping it in. Reoccurring should guest, we, Jeff Heinrich. Should we start should we start a pot of our own? I think we should. I think we should precursor this like a little bit and like just, all things that start with the letter B. That's Beer, what we're gonna call it. Burgers. Bennett. I don't know. Ben. Boobs. There you go. Nice. Keep going. How many can you ladies? Hey, that's a band. Bjork. Bjork. Michael Jackson's bad. Breaking bad. Oh, nice. Terrible show. Bourbon. Oh, Good. Yeah. terrible show. <laughs> That's just a controversial take I like to have on things. Benedict Arnold. <laughs> Eggs um, Benedict do suck, though. Bozeman, Montana, where we're Good buying spot. a ranch. Good spot. Right. 
Yeah. Belinda Carlisle, Barry White. Yeah, I'm good for now. The yeah, boys. The, the, the boys, the squad. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, there's a lot of things that I want to do with this and grow with it. And <laughs> I think that we have a lot of good stuff coming. I know we do. I don't think. I'm extremely excited uh, about Fuck about yeah. stuff coming up. Um, keep sharing it. Um, I appreciate. How do I share it? I appreciate the guests. I'll te- I'll have to teach you. Um, but yeah, I'm an old guy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not too tough. But I'll I'll show you how to share it. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, we'll do a separate FaceTime outside of this one. <laughs> No, um, but no, for real, Jeff, I really appreciate you. I think that this has been like the biggest help for me to grow this. Uh, it kind of got me out of that comfort zone, pushed me away from like, just like interviewing people, which, uh, you know, that takes, I've never interviewed anybody in my fucking life. So yeah, I had to get better at it, but to be able to just talk. And I think that these have been the ones that people like and. I don't, I don't see a reason why we couldn't put one of these out on the, on this platform at least like once a month, just bullshitting, having a couple of drinks, you know, whatever. Um, but no, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're good for today. I appreciate you, man. I don't know. Excited for you, brother. Appreciate Keep up that. the good work, dude. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, thank you to everyone listening at home. Uh, Truly do appreciate the support. The numbers have been crazy good, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, so like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, rate five stars, rate one star, bump it back up to five stars. I don't know how the algorithm works to get us up there, but I think there's something like that in there. And then ask Ben to sh- tell you how to f- share it. Yeah, and then teach <laughs> Teach your elders how to share the podcast. There's somebody on here that's in his 40s that can't figure it out. But appreciate you all so much for listening today. Take care, everyone.